Welcome to Monoreal Radio Dockside Chat number 18. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are coming to you live from Disney Springs. We are not quite at Dockside Margaritas yet because we are celebrating a couple of different seasons tonight here at Disney Springs. Yes, we wanted to kick it off with another snack crawl because these are proving to be very popular. You guys seem to like them, so we wanted to try some of these seasonal offerings here at Disney Springs. You know who else really likes these snack crawls? The good people at Peloton, because our membership is just going to last forever since we live close to Disney. Correct. Um, but they have a couple of different uh, seasonal things going on right now. Of course, everybody's into spooky season here. We're fall into magic at Disney Springs. But you also have Hispanic and Latin American Heritage Month. Um, and a lot of the restaurants here at Disney Springs are doing uh, Latin flavors, Latin flair. And so that finds us tonight here at Deluxe Burger. We have not been here in a minute. Yeah, too long. Well, I'm kind of bummed because we did so many uh, Flavors of Florida offerings, we never made it back here for the Lime Burger, the Lime Garage Burger, which I absolutely loved, but being that we had that last year, we wanted to try everything else, so there was no possible way to squeeze that into. But tonight, this was perfect timing because we realized very quickly that all of the Halloween offerings are all snacks. And that's not going to be a good enough foundation for the margaritas. So we figured we would start the night here by splitting the seasonal offering. Um, the tripletta burger. Yes, which looks incredible. Um, sort of like a Cuban sandwich. You've got the beef patty, you've got a slice of ham, but they also add pork belly. So I thought it was going to be more Cuban sandwich, but they deviated with the pork belly and the potato straws, which I'm super yeah. excited about. Very um, clever alternative to like a fried onion. All right. Well, I'm ready to dig in because it's been sitting here for way too long. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. Digging in. Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's delicious. The aioli is awesome. Admittedly, I took most of my aioli off because I cannot stand mayonnaise in any form. But this is good. Like, the pork belly really rounds it out. I'm going back for more. Yeah, it's so flavorful. It's not the neatest thing to eat because admittedly we split the burger because we knew we were going to be snacking tonight. Um, so I think that that's lending to everything falling apart here. So it's a little bit messy, but it's totally worth it because this is jam-packed with flavor. I can't get over how this this is one of the best burgers we've had here at Deluxe Burger. And I've mm -hmm. said it every time that we've come here. This is something that I think I think people are sleeping on Deluxe Burger. Mm -hmm. What I like about it, we were able to mobile order this as we were driving over here, select our pickup time. Which was great because it's pretty crowded tonight. We, we figured it's that little lull before the Halloween and holiday crowds get here, so we actually opted to park in Lime Garage tonight. We rolled the dice. It was pretty full. There were only about 75 spaces left, but we got one. 
Um, so we really thought it was going to be crowded at all the restaurants. So Sean had the good idea to do the mobile. And it was great because we walked up before we got here. I clicked I'm here so that they knew to start making the food. We walked in. They gave us the little hockey puck. We sat outside. They brought us our food. This is a very strong start to our snack around Disney Springs tonight. We have moved on to Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, one of our favorite spots here at Disney Springs, and you ordered the cinnamon pear cocktail. Yes, switching gears to Halloween offerings now. Um, this just screamed fall to me, even though it's still 80 degrees here in Central Florida. Um, I was excited about this because I'm not ready for pumpkin yet. I'm not even ready for apple. I feel like this is the perfect midway drink. And it's not vodka, so I was super excited about this one. Yeah, Captain Morgan spiced rum, lemon juice, cinnamon simple syrup, a pear nectar. This Say is less. right up your Say alley. Less. All right, well, cheers. Cheers, I'm sorry. I was already drinking it. <laughs> um, that's really good. Um, you get more cinnamon than sweetness. Let me, so uh, it's really nice. But yeah, me, have a sip. I really sip like here. that. It Th smells great. It's delicious. I hope they keep this around for a while. This is probably one of the best cocktails I've ever had here. I could see this working for Christmas, too. Nice, wow. Right? Yeah, not as sweet as you think it's going to be. You know what it tastes like? You're right. Even though it's pear. It tastes like eggnog. No, it's eggnog. Just not as thick, but to me, like that profile, when you put some cinnamon and nutmeg and eggnog, yeah. Really? Because I'm getting apple pie filling, but yeah, sure, we'll oh. go with eggnog, sure. <laughs> we'll go with your thing. Um, yeah, this is excellent. Yeah, apple pie filling works too. I, I, I should hope so, because that's exactly <laughs> what it tastes like. Eggnog? Egg, I, feel like, I feel like home alone. Eggnog. And in the same breath that I said I'm not ready for fall yet, I just shot right past Halloween and Thanksgiving and went for Christmas. Sitting outside the ganacherie, which has made a couple of appearances on Monoreal Radio after, what, 11 years or so, <laughs> we were coming down here on vacation, never set foot in the place, and now it's become a Monoreal Radio staple. Late to the party. We really do have to try this more, though. That's their signature dessert. I'm not ready for that. It's still too hot, but, like, this, this winter, we're going to try this more. I mean, three bucks a square, I think, is very reasonable for the chocolate. Especially, you know, you go over to Ghirardelli, and Ghirardelli's good, but you're having something that's prepackaged. This is made here, totally fresh, totally good. They, and unique, totally unique. That's the big yes, deal here. Yes, very unique. They have three offerings right now, two for Halloween and one for the uh, Hispanic Latin American Heritage Month. Uh, we've got all of them in a bag. I'm just going to let you dig one out. We're just going to play roulette here. Luckily, they knew we were taking it to go, so they gave us an easy-to-open bag, and I am not on the struggle unlike, bus. Unlike right, the we're going to have time. to do this quickly because these are already melting a little okay. bit. Okay, right, so this is the poison, the poison apple. poison apple. Here you go. All right. Have a bite. I will have a bite. You totally missed it. That's, that's the line from Snow White. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, the apple comes on later. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a little muted at first. Yeah. It's more like a green apple, that little tart finish. That's good though. I like that though. You want another piece? No, you can enjoy that bite. I had my half. 
I'm surprised by the consistency, though, because when we got the, I think it was the lavender for Flavors of Florida, um, it was really soft. It was almost like a, um, you know, like when you bite into a Russell Stouffer, like that really creamy inside. Yeah. This is a little bit more, it's not quite like a toffee consistency. It's not that sticky, but... There's a little bit more of, a, of something to bite into here. These might have also been a little bit colder. I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. But that was good. All, All right. right. Go ahead. Reach in there. All right. Pull out the next one. I will pull out the next one at random. It is... Come on now. A little melty, huh? It's the Jack Skellington one. So this is their milk chocolate, but I believe it's their 65% chocolate blend that only they can use. It is patented to them. You did your homework while you were standing there online. Uh, I listened intently. Would you like the first bite? No, you can go for it. I love the Jack Medallion, though. That's really nice. That is just a really good piece of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Creamy. That is just... That might be one of the best pieces of chocolate I've ever eaten. Because it tastes more like cocoa than sugar. I think that's it. That's the difference with having everything done here. It's not just like when you get a Hershey bar or something where it's straight sugar. Yeah. That is really good. Okay. Finally, the guava. Loving the presentation here. It looks like a, a rose on top. That's really pretty. Oh, yeah. Guava. I can go for some pog juice now. Continuing our seasonal snacking tour around Disney Springs, we just left Swirls on the Water, which is a little hit or miss, I'll be honest with you. Um, I like the fact that I can get a Dole Whip at Disney Springs whenever I want. I have a love-hate relationship <laughs> with some of the seasonal offerings. Uh, the Christmas one that we did, that it was like the peppermint nacho thing, was oh basically just—it was basically just a waffle cone. I have a stomach ache just thinking about that. That's why I was very surprised that you wanted to make this your stop. But I did say I was in the mood for pog juice after our little treat at the ganachery. So th- this is—we're we're getting closer to pog juice with this pumpkin concoction here. Which was funny because not not a few minutes ago did you just say I'm not ready for pumpkin yet and then here we are. Pumpkin. Well, this is yours. I'm only tasting it. So I have not had Fireball since 2016 unless we were cooking with it, which I think our listeners deserve a little bit of an explanation. When I say cooking, Sean makes a really mean pulled pork in the smoker. So I take a pineapple marinate it in fireball for 24 hours and then roll it in cinnamon sugar and throw it on the grill. You're welcome. Um, So here's the thing with this. This is the fireball apple cider slush. What I had assumed that meant is that the fireball and apple cider slush would be mixed together topped with the pumpkin soft serve. Basically what they did is they poured fireball on the bottom of the cup, put apple cider slush on top, and then put the pumpkin soft serve on top of that. So you more or less just eat ice cream and get a shot of Fireball at the end. Admittedly, if I knew this is how it was going to be, I probably would have not gotten this. But we're here. 
and I'm going to be very interested to try it. Well, this is why we're doing this, because if you're planning your trip, now everybody knows, depending on what you're in the mood for, you, you might really want this, or yeah. you might want to skip it. But I think It's a you, nice presentation, I'll give them that. It is, yeah, with the apple slice, but I think if you eat your way through the pumpkin ice cream, you can mix the slush in with the fireball, so the fireball will at least coat the apple portion of that's, this. It's just the way the they layered it here. Let's see. I gotta hand it to that pumpkin soft serve though. Right. That's really good. Well, let it be known I at least made it until midway through September before I've had pumpkin anything. We usually have pumpkin beer by now. It's delicious actually. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. That's good. Alright, let me see Not if too I can. Sweet. No. And it's got that nice cinnamon like finish on it. Okay. That tastes like eggnog. No, it doesn't. It tastes <laughs> like pumpkin. That tastes more like eggnog than the cinnamon pear drink. Get another scoop. Try to dig underneath. Get to that apple cider slush. Have that with. Oh, sorry. You Make avoided it a mess. the recorder. Mm-hmm. That's over the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually. All right, so gonna... Has your opinion changed a little bit now? I don't know. I'm gonna pause this. I'm going to come back in once I get to the fireball. So just hold that bot. Okay, so we ate some of the soft serve off the top. Once we got it down to about level with the top of the cup, I was able to start mixing. And I mixed what was left from the soft serve in with the apple cider slush and incorporated the fireball in. So what we have is kind of like a fall pina colada here. <laughs> That's basically what this is. Yeah. And I'm stirring it. That's a good sipping consistency. I knew something was off when they didn't have straws. When I asked for a straw and they were like, here's a spoon. I said, well, can I have a straw? They were like, for what? I said, oh, no. <laughs> All right. Let's see. This is going to be the gauge as to whether this is worth 15 bucks or not. Because if I really don't taste Fireball, and by the look of the pour, I got to be honest with you, on first glance, I'm not sure that this is worth 15 bucks. But let's see. It's not worth 15 bucks. Okay. It's it's good. But considering we're going to leave here and go to Dockside and spend 15 bucks on a margarita, you do not taste alcohol in this. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we mixed in that very little bit of soft serve left. No, you mix that really well. What's most prominent now is the apple. Yeah. It's good, though. I don't hate the pumpkin mixed with the apple. Like, that is falling cut. It's exactly what you said. It's a fall pina colada. Welcome home. <laughs> Here we are, Dockside Margaritas. We finally made it well before last call. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately for me, it is last call because I have to do a 13-mile dopey run in the morning. I was thinking that, like, the one time we're here early enough, which we haven't been in recent months, where we're pretty much done for the night. That's okay, because it was worth just even having this one. The Monster Margarita is back. Uh, finally. This is one of the best. I mean, we must say that, like, every single week. But this is truly one of my favorites. The sweet and sour, it, it, it's just so well balanced. Well, cheers. Cheers. Let's let's enjoy a sip, shall we? Yes. Oh my god. 
so good. See, when have you, this all year round. When you spend 15 bucks on a drink at Disney Springs, this is the kind of one that you want. But I am very excited to get into our conversation. We got a lot to talk about tonight. So much to talk about. This episode is sponsored by Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney, Pixar, and Star Wars-inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and much more. Listeners of Monoreal Radio can get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new product releases. And you're going to want to check them out on Instagram because I got a little sneak peek at what is to come. And I am very excited for their new releases. Yeah, what they have coming down the pike... I'll put it to you this way. It surprises me that nobody else has thought of it yet, but at the same time, if it's anybody who's going to be innovative and think about it and put out a quality product, it is Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Yeah, and they're going to make holiday shopping very easy for the Disney fan in your life this year. All right. Amazing stocking stuffers. Very, very excited. Let's get into it. Oh, my goodness. There is just so much. Um... As far as what we've been up to uh, in and around the parks, a little Epcot heavy this month. Um, we finally got our first taste of food and wine, um, but mainly what we were there for was the musical acts because I was obviously very invested in one of them, as were you. Yes. Um, so last year, actually, well, going back a little bit farther, um, Obviously, Joey Fatone does a concert pretty much yearly now. Yes. And we caught him in 2019. Uh, you were kind enough then to do three sets of Joey Fatone with me. It was the last night of our vacation. You wanted to stick around because we knew Johnny Damon was in attendance. I wanted to stick around because we saw the first set. We knew ahead of time that Chris Kirkpatrick was going to be performing with him. But they didn't do Bye 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 until they closed. And I planted myself in the America Pavilion and I said, I will not leave until we've heard Bye Bye Bye. And you were so nice. To, I mean, you drank. You were fine. I drank. I it had wasn't my like a chore for you. I had my Bavarian pretzel. <laughs> and then God gifted me a wonderful conversation with Johnny Damon. So it was worth it for me. I mean, we walked all the way to Morocco with Johnny Damon. It was great. Yes. People, we, he was with were really nice. We, it was like the best end to a vacation we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, it was the perfect cap on it. So, naturally, I said to Sean, you know, now that we're locals, this is going to be like a yearly event. I don't want to miss it. And we did last year because we happened to be up in New York because we had to be in New York for an anniversary. Um, and we were driving back that weekend. So I said to you, okay make up for it next year can we go all in can we do a dining package yes and that way I can get the first couple of rows and scream to my heart's content um so I'm so glad that we did that this year because there was just surprise after surprise that night starting with <laughs> um we got into world showcase and literally ran into Joe and Tyler because they saw us before they before we saw them and they just attacked us. We were not expecting to see them, nor did we mention that we would be there because they have the Pixie Pass and they're not usually there on weekends. Right. But they were there previewing uh, the Moana uh, Journey of Water attraction with their cast member friend, Brittany. Um, so we got to see Brittany and her husband. We haven't seen them in ages. It's been years. So it was really nice to see, but I felt so bad. We were 
uh, we were so rushed because we had to make our dinner reservation. So Joe and Tyler ended up sticking around and we got to see the show with them. So backing up a little bit, we had dinner at Rose and Crown. We've only ever drank there. It's us, are you surprised? <laughs> uh, wow, we were late to that party. The food was excellent. It was very reasonably priced for a dining package. It's so hard to say, oh, we'll go back again because when you have all the festivals there, we're always snacking around. But I would make it a point, like the only other restaurant that we've ever said, okay, we have to go back, is Sun on Hell. And we'll we'll put a festival on hold to go to Sun on Hell yes. just because it's so good. Yes. I would go back here and, and say, festivals be damned, we're gonna get dinner. Um, so what I appreciate, the way that these dining packages work, is that all, all different restaurants offer them. So you could do Le Cellier if you really want to do a nicer steak dinner. You can do Rose and Crown, more middle of the road. I think Coral Reef is on there. So they, uh, Actress, I believe, is on there. Akersh I don't even know how to say it. And uh, then if you want like a really cheaper option, there's Regal Eagle, but you cannot make an ADR for it. You, that is a walk-up only uh, dining experience if you want to do the dining package. Which is sort of out of the question for us because we're not driving out in the morning and then coming back later and we don't have a way of staying in the park for that long. Um, so we had a really, really great dinner. Uh, our reservation was 545 and then that gave us access to the 8 o'clock show where you don't have to wait on lines and as it was told to us by our server, we would be in the first three rows. So we're gonna put a pin in that. Let's remember that for later. Um, as it turned out, um, Joe and Tyler were having drinks around, so we met back up with them. Kelly and Pat were also in the park, so we got to hang out with them and a bunch of their friends that were visiting from out of town. Um, so we had a big group and we decided to go see the second set, I believe. Yes, it was. because yes, we, 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 had, we were eating during the first one. Yes. So, Joe had a great little hack. I can't promise that this is going to work all the time, but it served us really well. Um, if you go up on the side of the pavilion where the strollers are, it's standing room only. You're not going to get a seat, but. You can stand there. We didn't get kicked out. And like I said, we had a big group. We were probably about, what, eight, ten people? Thereabouts. Um, so I was so glad we did that first set because what nobody knew was that Joey was bringing out Lance Bass. And I just about died in the middle of Epcot. I was so surprised because going in, I mean, like I said, when we saw him with Chris Kirkpatrick, we knew Chris was there for the entire weekend. We were there on a Saturday, so the guests were already announced for Friday, and he hadn't brought out any NSYNC members. So I was like, all right, maybe the Saturday show will get somebody. Other than Justin, Lance was the least likely to be there because he's podcasting, he's got two children. Like, I did not think there was a chance that it was gonna be him. I was so shocked. I, I was like, I, I mean, I really did go back to 13 years old because compounded with, it's it's my band, the first band I saw in concert when I was 13, I'm there with my best friend who was my best friend at that age. Like, I really just reverted back to a 13-year-old and you didn't even know what was coming. 
Your I tried to warn you. Your soul evacuated your body. I swear to God, I saw an exorcism. <laughs> you made an inhumane sound. That, that's the probably the kindest thing that I can say when Lance Bass came out. And I had had one drink at this point. Like it was, it had nothing to do with alcohol. I had but one. It was this, this a was sight to behold. Pure, like, 13-year-old hormones just screaming. Um, but I was so excited. And, and they, they were great. They sounded great. But what I did realize very quickly is that the big draw for NSYNC, because I was a diehard NSYNC fan. I'm sorry, you cannot tell me that Backstreet Boys were the better band. I will fight you on it. It was NSYNC all the way. Aside from the five-part harmony, what really made them stand out was the dancing. And while I was so happy to see two out of the five members there, they weren't doing the choreography in that first set. And I was like, wow, this feels very different when it's just them singing. But it was fun regardless. Um, the rest of the uh, friends that Joey bought out were wonderful too. Um, Montel Jordan was there. It was awesome. He was really great. Ryan Cabrera, for those that remember, on the way down, um, he was there. He did a Goo Goo Dolls cover, which was really good. Um, it was just a really fun show. Like and Joey Murr always, from Impractical Jokers. Oh my God, Jokers. and Murr, how could I forget? That was so random. And Murr sang. Like, he didn't come out for a joke set. He said, they actually did, it was really cute. They did a medley of all these TV songs, but they did it on the fly. Joey and Murr just put it out to the audience and they were like, try and stump us. And you couldn't. Somebody threw out Golden Girls. They did Thank You For Being A Friend. It was, it was fantastic. Um, it was a lot, of, it was a fun, it was a fun set. So I was really happy to be there for the first one and that Lance wasn't spoiled. Like I knew that he would be there by the time we were sitting in front of it. So now, Remember what I said, our server promised us the first three rows. By now, everybody else has given up on us. Everybody else wanted to go home. They were not dealing with the second set of sync, and they knew we had seats. So it was just you and me by this point. We said goodbye to everybody, and the last show was starting at 8 o'clock. They told us line up at 7.45. We were there by 7.40. Nine rows back. So I was really happy we had seen the set twice because if that was the only time I was seeing him, I would have been kind of disappointed that we were that far back. I was just happy to see the two of them. So I really don't want it to sound like I'm complaining, but I was kind of like, wow, this is such typical present day Disney where they oversell something and after they have your money, you get what you get. It was, I mean, look, I went and I looked on the app and all it says is that you are guaranteed a seat. There is no guarantee about where you are going to be. It is possible... They changed the wording. It is possible that she has misspoken, that she is misinformed. I had said to you when we saw it, we were basically dead center. Oh, yeah. And, and, the and I think were great. I'd rather be nine rows back dead center than in the third row all the way to the left or all the way to the right. I wanted to high five Lance, so we are on very different pages here. But what I was just happy about was that we didn't have a tree in front of us because that will really change up your experience. I mean, it's nice to be there in the shade, but... We were kind of behind a tree when we did the candlelight um, 
vigil with Josh Gad, and you and I were kind of leaning to either side so we could see around the tree. And we could not get a dining package for that. We tried. No, it was that's sold out. Sold out. Um, so just something to be aware of. I mean, it used to be that it would guarantee you the first three rows. And in all fairness, if that's how they're going to change it, what should be um, implemented is that if you go for one of those higher-end packages, like if we had paid for the Cellier and we were that far back, then I would have been like, well, this is like a $100 ticket that I just paid for and I'm nine rows back. You should be, depending on which tier of restaurant you're in, they should give different color bracelets. I would agree with that. And then... I if, think that would be fair. If you spent the big bucks on the Cellier or um, even Coral Reef, I think, is mid-tier. But if you did one of the higher-end restaurants, you should have every right to get closer up because that's why you're doing it. Although I will say, regardless... It was so nice not to have to worry about waiting in the standby line because yes. there were people that were there from Park Open. Which is insane. To get the first... Oh, don't... No, 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 no. Hey, you have fun with that next year. I was going to say, do not underestimate what I will do for anything. And I will give Disney credit where credit is due. They do not fill the entire front three rows with people on dining packages. They take one half of the theater and fill with dining packages, the other half is a general admission. They could very easily just stack the first three rows for dining package only, but then it cuts out people who are willing to wait, who are willing to give up their time. We stood there all day in the blazing heat. I'm wondering, though, if that depends on the act. Like, I'm wondering... Because sometimes, yeah, you do get big names, you have people waiting, but I'm wondering, because this is like boy band hysteria, that as a courtesy to the people who waited there all day, they did give them the benefit of it. Because at this point, mind you, and we are going to talk about this a little bit more, this really poured gasoline on the fire that was the rumors that NSYNC was getting back together just based on a trailer of a certain film, which I refuse to promote at this time. Um, and with that, you've done it. <laughs> it's very hard not to. I will say this. You and I, though, we go to the movies more than your average person, I think. And because you and I had seen, we talked about it on the last Dockside Chat, uh, we did Barbenheimer Weekend. So they were, uh, we did the big Disney summer release. We were seeing all of these promos already. And I'll be honest with you, when I saw the trailer and I saw the premise of the movie that Justin Timberlake's character is reunited with his old band, they play I Want You Back in the trailer. And I knew at that point when I heard it, it was not the original recording because I've listened to it that much. I knew they re-recorded it just for the soundtrack and I was like, oh, that's cute. He got the rest of them to do this. They were down to support him being that it's the premise of the movie. So I had already sort of had that seed planted, but I never really at that point was thinking reunion. I just thought it was nice that they all got together again in service of the plot of this movie. And like, that was it. Then... It got released online, and TikTok started picking it up and running with it. So naturally, you and I did have plans to go back to Epcot the next weekend, specifically for wine and food. And then I started having panic attacks 
with all of this reunion talk that maybe either Chris was going to come and we were going to have three of five members performing or it was going to be JC. And I started hyperventilating and long story short, we went back the next night <laughs> because I am that crazy for this band. Um, it was Lance again, but I was not disappointed because they changed up the set. It was still a really fun show. And in 24 hours, they had rehearsed their choreography. So we got to see more of the classic and sync dances. Do you want to go over uh, some of the things that we did sample at the Food and Wine Festival? Because we did, we did sample this time. Uh, and, and, and just one more thing on the dining package. Um, the fact that we spent, I think, 60 bucks to get the dining package at Rosen Crown. That included a soft drink, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. That on its own is worth it. To not have to wait on that line, I don't even care. Now, it's different for me. I didn't care that we were in the ninth row because we had a good meal and we didn't have to stand on that line. Yeah, I was so excited to talk about NSYNC. Uh, we completely skipped over the meal. Um, because it, I, we said it was great, but what we had was uh, we had the scotch egg. My only gripe with the scotch egg is that it was cold. I do wish that they would have served it hot. You could tell it was pre-prepped and probably kept under a heat lamp, so the sausage was a little dry. It was good, but I wish that they would have flash fried it just to heat it up and make it a little creamier. What but I, other than that, it was delicious. What I like too is that they give it to you with um, lettuce, which is a little bit dressed, so you had like a nice like dip. So that, I mean, you didn't love that, but that took some of the dryness out for me because I would dip, I would dip it in. Well, I believe there was, it was mustard-based, and I, I can't stand mustard. I don't like mustard either, but it wasn't overpowering. Like it was mixed with enough where I didn't feel like I was dipping it in mustard. But that was really good. Uh, we both opted for the bangers and mash because otherwise oh God, the yeah. option would have been shepherd's pie and it was way it was, too hot it was for about that. Ninety-four degrees that day. I mean, it's not that the bangers and mash was a cold dish either, but it was a better option than a steaming a steaming shepherd's pie. Uh, it was incredible. It was in like a red wine reduction. It was, oh. it was very good. It was almost. So good. It was almost as good as the bangers and mash over at Raglan. Wasn't quite, but it was very close. I have to get those bangers and mash at Raglan again because we usually get the battered bangers, but I gotta do it properly with the cocannon. Well, I that cocannon was as good as your dad's, and your dad makes the best cocannon. Well, I got hooked up at Raglan. That aforementioned trip where we flew back up to New York for the anniversary, I came to Raglan at, yes, and I, did, right. I got there an hour before they closed, not knowing that the kitchen was closing or that it had already closed, but they still hooked me up with bangers and mash. Chef's kiss. It was unreal. I'm, I'm certainly not going to say that the Rose and Crown bangers and mash was better, but I do want to try Raglan's again because, I, I mean, I have to say it. Raglan followed us on Instagram, and I, I shouldn't make such a big deal out of it, but I was freaking out a little bit. It was the coolest thing. I was like, how did they find us? How did they, they're following 51 people. That's not a lie. And we're one of 51, which we very much appreciate. So thank you, Raglan. We do, yeah. So they, they have my utmost respect, huge fans, love Raglan. There was one point where I thought we were gonna record Dockside because 
we were supposed to get uh, really bad weather tonight. Yeah. And I said to Sean, I was like, if worse comes to worse, we could go to our second home and record at Raglan. And let me tell you something. Not only was the forecast wrong, but this weather is what, other than Disney and low taxes, this is what you move to Florida for. It's in the mid-70s. The band is going. There's a cool breeze. Like, this is the most comfortable night. Like, if you could close your eyes and just envision a night at Disney. I mean, that, that ovation says it all. You close your eyes and envision an evening at Disney Springs. This is picturesque. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be... I, I'm not trying to complain, but slightly better if the humidity broke because it does still feel a little bit humid, but otherwise there's a breeze coming off the water. It's it's really nice. All right. Back to... Food and wine. What we came here to talk about. Yes. Food and wine, and then we're going to talk a little bit more of NSYNC and their second set. All right. So we started with a perennial favorite, Flavors from Fire. Uh, the smoked corned beef with the house-made potato chips and the beer cheese fondue. And the chimichurri marinated skirt steak taco with crushed avocado, grilled corn salsa, queso fresco, and a cilantro lime crema. Um, this festival booth is a staple, and it's just a banger every time. Yeah, they can do no wrong. Then we went to the fry basket. Last year, we were not fans of the fry basket. We liked the sweet potato fries, um, and we liked, what was the other one with the pecans on it, or was that the sweet potato I, fries with the pecans? That was the I, sweet potato. Honestly, I don't even remember. What I do remember was the sea salt vinegar fries, they because awful. it was vinegar. That's it. And salt. Straight vinegar. Vinegar and salt. Like, we were dying in the car on the way home. I couldn't eat. I had to stop. Like, it was painful to eat. I think we, yeah, you, you tapped out, but I, if memory serves, we had to gas up on the way home and we had to get water because we couldn't bad. make it. It was really bad. But this we year. stayed away from that this year. Oh, yeah. But I would have picked this a million times over anyway. They have yucca fries now. Adobo yucca fries with a garlic cilantro aioli. In fact, we went back twice for it. Yes, because we did do, which we will get to, food and wine two weeks later, two weeks after Joey Fatone, last weekend. Yeah. Um, they were so good. They I, were delicious. I loved the dressing. The yucca was perfect. It had like a nice snap on it, but the inside was so soft. It was, uh, it was excellent. So uh, yeah, some of these that we're reading off, we're, we're reading out of the passport right now. So this was over two days. Italy, which... The Redemption Arc... It is, because Italy is very hit or miss. Um, I tend to find Italy very expensive for what they what, for what they serve. I, I've, I've liked as much as I've disliked from them. But this year at the festival, the Cavatelli pasta with a sweet sausage ragu and crispy applewood smoked bacon. Chef's kiss. It was really really good the pasta was a little al dente which I don't mind I do like my pasta al dente so that didn't bother me at all whatsoever I was really surprised that you liked the crumbled sausage that much um, it was a huge portion we split it um, but for $10 if you get that on your own that's a nice meal it really is the cheese bread is back in Brazil ah oh, hallelujah not the Costco cheese bread 
And listen, there's nothing wrong with the Costco cheese bread when you pay $9 for it and make it in your own oven. And you have it for and, like three months. Yeah. When you pay $9 and it's gone in 30 seconds at Disney, big disappointment. But this is the traditional cheese bread. It was back. It was delicious. The size of your fist was excellent. It was everything we wanted it to be. Then we went to France. France. We're we from France. France. Beef bourguignon. And the beignet Troy the fromage. It's the three cheese beignet. Yeah, the beignet au trois fromage. Au trois, sure. I said Troy, but okay, fine. I'm not French. Um, Neither am I, but seven years will do that to you. Well, I studied Spanish, so what can I tell you? Como están? Um, France tends to be the undisputed champion. Of the food and wine, of any, of almost any festival. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, for, what was it, the uh, Festival of the Arts, they had that the, croissant. The black truffle croissant. Oh, God. Still the best thing I've ever had at a festival, but... Yeah, I think that that has yet to be knocked out of the top spot. This beignet the, was close. It was very close. And the beef bourguignon, that's... Every year I look forward to that. It is so good. And I think that... Was it that so far? That really? is it. Is that all we have? Well, you get a pretzel every single time, but that's not. I have to. Yeah, that's a standard. Well, there were a handful of things that we Stacey wanted to try. Said we had to. The thing is, this though, it's now. See, we're talking about how it's cooling down. I don't want cheddar cheese soup and a filet mignon and gouda mashed potatoes and like stroganoff when it's ninety-five degrees. I want that in the fall. So there are a lot of things that we just did not get yet because, frankly, I didn't think that it was seasonal, seasonably appropriate Yeah. just because it was so hot. But, I mean, I think for two trips in, I think that's a fairly we, strong we start. Lot. I feel like we're forgetting, like, a drink or something, though. Did we get... We, we didn't get anything in France. I don't think we did a festival drink yet, though. We, we didn't do, like, shimmering sips or anything like we that. We didn't do shimmering sips. You did not get the margarita that you had talked about getting. No, not yet. I mean, I had a few beers, but I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. You know, it's just, it's a few beers. Um, no, I, I don't think we went and did any of the, like, signature cocktail sort of things. Not quite yet, at least. No, we did, like, our normal staple. Like, I got a violet sake one of the times that we were there. I got the the moonshine uh, in America. I got my draft with my Bavarian pretzel. We, we go and get drinks at... at um, we, we've been going and getting the margarita stand in Mexico. Right. Or we go to Rosen Crown. Again, some of the staples... Um, you know, there's only so much that we can have, other than the fact that I can't go spend $300 every time I set foot in Epcot. <laughs> we do live an hour and 15 minutes from property, so you can't have that many and then get in a car and drive home. Very true. Um, but, yeah, why don't we continue to talk about some of the music, starting with the second set of Joey Fatone and Friends. Yes, so... Because you're getting a little squirrely here. <laughs> well, I mean, the second set, that's putting it mildly... We did a second day, but we did three more sets. But we did do all three. We did. Um, that's what we were there for. We got there early enough. We did some food. Uh, we got on Spaceship Earth. We did get on Spaceship and Earth. Then, uh, and then we went straight back to get a spot. And we did, um, for each of the shows, we, we did the half where we went side stage. And it was great. Um, so Murr didn't come out 
no. for these Sunday shows. Um, but it was Ryan Cabrera, Montel Jordan again. And oh my goodness. And I said I was going to look up her name because I didn't want to forget it. Her name is Joanna. She is a legit friend of Joey Fatone. Uh, I believe they went to high school together. And he brought her out. And they sang Phantom of the Opera. Well, she is an opera singer. She is an opera singer. And she slayed. I mean, she, she was she, the most talented person on that she stage. She really was. She was. Like, no disrespect to my boys, but like, she was the best vocalist that was out there in in any of the five shows that we saw. Uh, absolutely incredible. I gotta say, Joey held his own. I mean, I have seen Joey good. on Broadway before. Like, I know he's got the chops for it, but um, it was just an incredible number. And um, I did take video of that, so I'm, defi- I'm definitely going to be posting a bunch of this on social media. Um, and then after, you encouraged me because I I was like, let's just go, start heading toward the front of the park. I don't want to get stuck here because we had to get back for the dog. Uh, but you encouraged me to hang around because you knew they had to come out. Um, so unfortunately, we didn't get to meet anyone because I didn't want to be the person who stuck my phone in somebody's face. But... To their credit, Lance and Joey hung around. They didn't rush anyone. They got a bunch of selfies. Um, I mean, Lance was like, his his handlers had to like move him along because he was so willing to take pictures, which I thought was really really. Sweet. I was impressed with him. Yeah. Um, so that was really nice, and it and it was just a fun night, and you know, I just had so much fun reliving my childhood, and then coming off of that, a week and change later. You get all of this buzz that they're going to be at the VMAs, which I had absolutely no intention of watching. And I was like, no, they're internet rumors, nothing's going to happen. But then so many credible sources started picking it up. I was like, all right, let me watch the VMAs. And to see all five of them together again, I had such tears in my eyes. It was so fantastic. I love that they didn't hold them till the end of the show, so I didn't have to sit through the entire show, even though I did, like waiting for a performance. Um, you know, they brought them out up top. They didn't keep us waiting. And I think they did that intentionally because Taylor Swift is such a fan and they knew that she won that award. So they let them present it to her and her reaction. She was all of us demanding answers. She was doing the Lord's work, asking what was going to happen. Um, so I was super excited for that. You know, again, more gasoline on the fire. I was on TikTok all the next day, like just you know, completely feeding off of the hype that was these reunion rumors. And even TMZ put out, no, there's no reunion, no, there's no reunion. And I poo-pooed it. I was like, what does TMZ know? They, they only they only reported Michael <laughs> Jackson before anybody else. They're not credible at all. Yes, because they have so many, quote-unquote, sources close to the person, a.k.a. the person, or their, hand, their, their management team calling it, their PR people calling it. So I totally didn't buy into any of it. And I was like, no, there's a reunion. I was like, there's too much money to be made. We were 13 when they were at their peak. We have adult money now. I will mortgage the house and I will buy concert tickets. There's got to be a residency. There's got to be something. And I texted you at work because now I'm just there in my own head, completely spiraling. And I was like, they have to do a reunion. They have to do a reunion. And I'm just like, I have to focus on my people here. We can worry about this later. Now, mind Meanwhile, you, in the back of my mind, I'm like, they're not going on tour. Okay, mind you, this was Wednesday. This was the day after the VMAs. This was the day that they verified their TikTok account. 
the hype was there, and then they released the video with the Friends audio where they were like, I know something, I can't talk about it yet. Um, but what I noticed, and I'm going to sound like a Swifty right now. Because you are a Swifty. I sleuthed a little bit. What I noticed was that everything that happened on Wednesday, InSync's people put out first, and then the five guys did it individually. So it went to their group account first, and then the five of them followed suit. So Thursday, they released the video of them back in the studio together. However, this is very important, Justin released it first. And this is where my Swifty antenna went up. Because Justin released it for Justin's movie that he is in. And I texted you and I went, I'm going to riot if this is all Universal's way of promoting the movie without promoting the movie and keeping the focus on the NSYNC reunion and all of this hype surrounding this song because you're getting hits on the trailer, you're getting hits on the song, people are talking about the movie without Justin violating his SAG agreement because in this video where they were in studio together, it was all my brothers got back together, I was so happy to be with them, da, da, da. not one teeny tiny mention of this movie. And I went, I would not put it past Universal to use this all as promotion for the film. And I told you, I was like, I will cancel my AP if that's what they're doing, if they're going <laughs> to stoop this low. So like, have, like Disney wouldn't do the same thing. They would. No. And you pointed it out and you were like, but NSYNC is blameless in all of this. That's right. I wouldn't put it past them. Like JC is doing Meow Mix commercials for crying out loud. So I don't blame them for wanting to take the money, but I was kind of hyper aware now that this could all be because of the strike and it could all be a publicity stunt just for the film. What breaks my heart, and I hate saying this, is that I got confirmation, and I don't want to use the phrase reliable source, but I'm not going to out this person. Uh, it's an industry connection. I will leave it at that. Um, they spoke to the record label on Thursday, and at this time, there is no plan of a reunion. Which is the same thing TMZ said I days know, ago. I know. So... I was, I, honestly, I was heartbroken. And I don't mean in the sense of like, hey, NSYNC's not going to get back together. What I am heartbroken about is that this all goes back to the strike and that my industry is playing so filthy, dirty, and so underhanded. It was just everything all at once. It was that there's no tour to look forward to. I think, obviously, we have the song. Uh, they gave us a release date. I think we're going to get a music video for it. And maybe they're, you know, like, obviously the videos that they released, they were standing in front of a psych, so they're taking some pictures for it. We might get, like, a single release. Um, but I think that that's the best it's going to be, unfortunately, is that they are giving us crumbs, and we deserve so much more after waiting for 22 years for them. But I was just, like, so turned off by the whole thing. I, I, I have the ick, as they say. I have a few thoughts on this. And then we will move off of NSYNC, I promise. We're, the, we're 35 minutes in, and this is all we've talked about so the, far. The first being, Disney would do the same thing. They would. Every well, studio would it's do the dirty. same thing. It's so dirty. No, it's that's not. what broke my heart about it's it. It's not dirty. It's business. 
and I and I said to you, you you were not putting blame on any member of InSync for going along with this ruse, and they're laughing all the way to the bank because they're getting paid well to do this. Well, it's not just the check that they're getting to do it. Their streams are up. Yes. They are charting on Spotify and yes. Billboard again. I'm sure there's going to be more merch. They are yes. going to make crazy residuals from it. Correct. And yet they don't carry any blame in this? Of course they do. They're as much to blame as anybody else. I'm not putting it past them. I'm not saying that they're innocent. And here's here's the other thing. They're going to take most of the blame for it because their fans are going to be so pissed. And they have every right to be. But Universal is going to make their money on the movie. I don't think they are. I think that... I think... Don't take this the wrong way. But I think some of you people are just so impassioned and so angry right now. Oh, yeah, right I'm now. not going to go see it. I haven't even listened to the song yet. I haven't watched the trailer. I was like, nope, you're dead to me. I'm seriously... I'm ready to cancel my AP. That you, this is the level that they stoop to. But... But it's business. They're, they haven't done anything wrong. I nope. And, and the other thing is, nobody. You and I have sat here week after week saying Disney's a business. Disney's. A business. I'm not blinded by by in sync to a point where I'm not looking at the business end of it. This goes beyond in sync. This goes beyond. I'm I'm talking about. I this cuts deep for me because it's my industry that is still refusing to pay the creatives, and they would go to this length to pay in sync before they're willing to pay their writers. Like, are you kidding me? That's the heartbreaking part for me. But the root of this whole thing is that you feel like you've been lied to about a reunion tour. No, nobody ever promised you a reunion tour. They promised you an in-sync reunion, which you got the minute they stepped into yeah, a recording studio. That contract is fulfilled. So they've upheld their end of the bargain. Social media promised you an in-sync reunion tour. And by the way, I love how seeing through the BS and using common sense is now something that apparently only Swifties can do. I am not a Swifty, and I could see through this a week ago. No, 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 no. NSYNC fans were recruiting Swifties to put the pieces together to figure out what the dates meant. You are... I'm, no, I'm saying critical thinking. I figured this out, that it was all a ruse, before... Before any, before I had any confirmation, I started raising my eyebrow. I understand that, but my point is, why are InSync fans going to Swifties for critical thinking more because than just she's Swifties? A mastermind. No, she's just smart and has common sense. This doesn't make you a super sleuth. It means that you have common sense. No, but the way that Taylor markets herself and drops the clues—that's why the InSync fans wanted the Swifty opinion because. She will drop so many hints as to something is being released. They wanted the Swifties to put it together for us. And because Taylor received the award, everybody naturally thought she was in on this and they were using her marketing for it. This is one cult helping the other. <laughs> it absolutely is. But point is, I think if anything happens at this point with NSYNC, it's going to be because they had to answer to the fans. If there is a tour or some kind of like a Vegas residency announced, I think that it's going to be because they feel bad for pissing the fans off and they're trying to give us something. No, what's going to happen in the next two years when they start to get ready for their 30th anniversary, then they will put together an album and then they will tour it, and all of you are going to forgive them and give them a lot of money, <laughs> okay? That's what's going to happen. Until then, I will enjoy my Joey Fatone and friends at Epcot. Which, yes. there, there is a silver lining to all this. 
if they were touring, we'd never see them at Epcot again. Ever again. So I'm gonna enjoy my dining package next year for Joey Fatone, and maybe maybe he'll upgrade to JC. Perhaps. But yeah, three more sets of Joey Fatone, and then we went back last week so that I got a chance to relive my childhood. There you go. I don't know if you guys know this. <laughs> But I kind of like the movie Ghostbusters, just a little bit. And Ray Parker Jr. played at Epcot last year. However, it was over a weekend. We had the Pixie Dust Pass. We could not go. Now that we've upgraded to the Pirate Pass, there was no reason not to go. So we went back and got to do two sets of Ray Parker Jr who is such a good sport, and I'll be honest with you, I did feel bad for Ray Parker Jr. because he's had a handful of hits, but he's actually a very talented musician and a very talented producer and songwriter. And at one point, you know, he's playing to a three-quarter filled American Gardens Theater, right? He is not quite the Joey Fatone pull. Right, because we were aiming for the last set, but because we got through everything so fast, right. we did more wine and food samplings. I got my first um, uh, Viking coffee from Norway, finally. Uh, delicious. But we were in the America Pavilion by the time his second set had started. He was like a song or two yeah. in, so we were like, may as well sit and enjoy it. And you got that one person sitting in the back going, Play Ghostbusters! And he like was it's like, Freebird. Yeah, I know. It was, and I just felt bad. Um, there was a sixth sense of uh, humor and joy that came from listening him perform The Other Woman at Epcot Center. Uh, it was his other big hit two years before Ghostbusters. Um, but he performed it and he, he, he was a good sport about it. The song sounded really good. Like, here's the thing my bias aside, he just put on like a really fun funk rock show. Like, if you just want to go and kick it for a half an hour and listen to a really talented group of people, I would I would highly recommend Ray Parker Jr. They were a great jam band. Like, those were the parts that I enjoyed the most when they would just kind of like go off and it was almost like watching like a jazz or a blues set, but it was more rocked out. Uh, it was really, really good. And even I'll say like, very cool hearing the Ghostbusters song live and seeing the saxophone like it was great it was it was a lot of fun and the second set we were able to get the front row uh, basically without even waiting on a line again sort of felt bad we got we left and we got on the line and we waited for people to clear out and they looked at us and they were like are you you waiting to go in the next show we were like yeah they, and I had my Ghostbusters shirt on naturally yeah and they were just like but you can come in. Yeah, the cast members were really sweet. But, you know, that's the only thing. The place is half filled. I was like, we need to bring front row energy. Like, I and brought my did. Joey Fatone energy to Ray Parker Jr. Because imagine how that must look where, you know, you've got this huge hit. And you're playing to, like, 100 people that are scattered throughout. Well, it was more than 100. But you I, he was I more than 100 on the last I'd one? say he was almost, I'd say he was probably 400 it doesn't look like a lot of no. people, is my point. So you kind of have to make up for it, knowing you're in the front row. Like, you got to be into it. But the late show at any Epcot concert is the high-energy show. It's or the, the unhinged show. It's the, un it's the we're drinking all day, we're festival hopping, 
that crowd, as as even though it was a little less than half filled, they were almost as loud as any full amphitheater that we've seen. It was just a really good time, and it was a really great show, and I look forward to seeing uh, Ray Parker Jr. again. Are we ready to move on to some talk topics? Some talk topics. That is putting it mildly. All right. We have a lot. Obviously, we're going to get into the uh, Destination D23 fluff piece. Um, but to start, we actually have an announcement. news close to home. Yeah, we have a very exciting announcement. You guys have heard us talk about House of Mouse Expo. Uh, we talked about how we attended it last year. We went to the Hocus Pocus reunion. How much fun we had uh, at, at House of Mouse Expo. How we ran into Lou. We ran into our friend Lisa from the Castle Run. Um, and uh, we are very excited to announce that coming up this year, House of Mouse Expo 2024 confirmed Monorail Radio is going to have a booth at the Expo. Yes, I am so excited just because Hocus Pocus reunion aside, it's just such a great event that Michelle puts on. And what I'm super excited about is this year they're partnering with Give Kids the World. And I absolutely love that organization. For those that aren't familiar, they work in conjunction with Make-A-Wish. Um, because a lot of families who have the wishes granted, the hotels here at Disney don't meet the needs of the uh, the families that are that are here to have a wish granted. And Give Kids the World um, enables them to come and have more spacious accommodations. They will um, meet every medical need that needs attending to during your stay. So they're they're a really wonderful organization, and it's something that I've been wanting to get more involved with since we've been down here. I want to make sure we. We do their Christmas event this year, Yes. Uh, but I'm very excited to be more doing something more direct with them and that we get to uh, have a bigger role in the House of Mouse Expo and do something besides just be there in attendance. Uh, so that's going to be uh, March 2nd and 3rd of 2024 at the Event Center at Osceola Heritage Park. Uh, so we're going to be there with a booth, we're going to have a ton of giveaways. And yeah, we're not selling you anything. No. It's on the table, it's free to be yes. taken. Uh, but we're going to give you more information as it gets closer. Uh, but if you're thinking of planning a trip down here at a time when crowds are low, I can't make any promises, but I can say that's a good weekend to go because you're after President's Week but before spring break starts. So if you were thinking about a trip and you've been interested in House of Mouse Expo, would highly recommend uh, looking into coming that weekend. For sure. Um, and if you need somebody to help you book, you can hand me up. Exactly. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about some media news, starting with Lando. Lando was going to get a series on Disney Plus. Donald Glover reprising the role, something that I know I was very excited for because I loved him in Solo, a Star Wars story. And it was announced this week that Lando is now going to be a film. No longer is it going to be a series, it's going to be a film. Um, I mean, look, the film's not going to have a tight budget, considering the, sub considering the universe it takes place in. However, this just seems like there's an 
The phones are out at the amphitheater. This band, uh, coincidentally, uh, is the band that was playing the night that we came here the day before our closing when we ate over at Paddlefish. That's an aside. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I just I just see the cell phone flashlights coming out right now. Um, and it looks beautiful. People are into it. They are they are absolutely packed right now. But anyway, Lando now going to be a film and I'm not surprised. Um, I'm I am admittedly a little disappointed. It, it seems to me like you took what was going to be six or eight episodes and you are you know, six or eight episodes which when, when Disney makes a miniseries, that's anywhere between, say, six and nine or ten hours worth of content, and you're going to condense it into two hours. Um, I don't want to necessarily say you're doing it for a cost-cutting measure. However, you just took something that seemed like it was going to have a hell of a run, and you've just made it a one-off. And I am a little disappointed about it. Like, I'm glad we're getting Lando, but I am disappointed where in a world where we've gotten some lackluster series, something that I think could have been great is sort of getting condensed and pushed aside out of the gate. See, I'm looking at this in a completely different way. I would love to believe that... Disney put the creative first and thought, you know, maybe six or eight episodes is too much for this series and the stories feel a little thin and that's why they are condensing it to make it one strong story. I believe that somebody like a Dave Filoni would recognize that. However, with everything going on with the strike, I don't believe that this is anything more than budgetary. Um, but with all of that in mind, look at something like we don't love Loki. We like Loki more as a plot point for Thor than we do in his own series. So if you think about it in those terms, what happens if Lando made a better adversary to Solo and then standing on his own, like as great as the performance was, what if these episodes felt a little thin? What if he didn't what if Lando is not as strong as Mando story-wise, you know? You might be getting a stronger, more solid movie than a series that falls flat. And I'm also wondering if that has to do with... I, I mean, it could be a lot of things. It could be with people canceling subscriptions and maybe they feel it'll do better and there's a bigger box office draw than there will be to give this to Disney Plus if people are going to cancel subscriptions anyway, which you keep raising the prices like that, guess what's going to happen? Um, could be that. Could be... Um, could be for residual purposes. I mean, look, they're, they're putting Mandalorian out on DVD. So that told us they don't have high hopes for the streamer anymore, so maybe they are you know, kind of putting all their money on this and, and betting that it's going to save them in the box office. There, there's a strategy here. We just don't know what it is yet. I, but it's I, not the creative. I will tell you that much. I have more faith in Lando than I do in anything that Marvel's done. You say 
we like Loki more as a character in other films than we do as his own series. That is true. Book of Boba Fett, in regards to all of the Star Wars shows that they have put on Disney+, Plus, is the weakest. However, it's still better than a lot of the Marvel series that have gone out on Disney+. Plus. I think Star Wars just has, at times, more interesting stories. If you told me that we were getting six to eight episodes of Lando Calrissian meets Smokey and the Bandit, which is exactly what it should be, I sign up for that eight days a week and twice on Sunday. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I also don't think we need any more Star Wars films right now, but that's besides the point. Um, well, we've, we've said that. was If you're going to keep continuing along this Star Wars journey, do these one-off stories like they're doing, obviously, with Mando, like they did with Boba Fett, like they're doing with Ahsoka. Just because everyone was starting to feel a little Star Wars out. But that's, that's why I'm saying there's a strategy here. We're going to see what it is soon enough. Let's talk about a few things that made headlines this week in regards to acquisitions and sales. Uh, one thing is confirmed, one thing is rumored, which Disney shot down, which tells me that it was real. Um, Disney is contractually obligated to buy from Comcast a third of Hulu. We knew this. Bob Iger has gone on record saying that traditional television may not be a core property, a core business when it comes to Disney. He said that. So we know this to be true. We know that they've been trying to sell off ESPN. We know that they've entered an agreement with Penn to do sports betting and do a sports book, which they said they were never going to do, which I will die on the hill of. They did that to boost the value of ESPN so that they can eventually sell it. We actually, we got in depth about that on our last Sockside chat. Yes. So if you want to find out the full... Uh, the full story behind that and Sean's really sound rationale for them unloading ESPN uh, that was all discussed last week right. or, I'm sorry, last month right. so then a rumor comes out now two rumors actually which we don't usually like to entertain but I mean there's there's some validity here um that there are two offers on the table for ABC and its family of networks, one for $8 billion and one for $10 billion. Uh, one of them is, is by Nexstar, um, that is supposedly interested in making the purchase. Now, down here in Florida, we have Spectrum is, a, is the big cable. We don't have them, but uh, Spectrum is a very large... Well, we have them for internet, but not for television. Right. They are one of the bigger cable companies down here. They did lose ESPN and ABC and their family of networks for a handful of days over a contract dispute, which we saw a few years ago when ABC cut off right at the start of the Oscars. They did the same thing down here during the Florida Gators game that was on ESPN. Um, difference is that when Spectrum got them back, they got ESPN, they got ABC. They do not carry Disney Junior. They do not carry FXX. They do not carry Freeform. And Disney was willing to take that deal. 
So they don't carry the full slate anymore. So I guess I'm a Swifty for using my common sense. Disney comes out and says that these are all rumors and there's nothing true to it, but nobody from Nexstar has denied anything. And Nexstar is interested in buying something that you're interested in selling that would more than offset the money that you contractually need to spend to buy Hulu, which I don't think they even have that much interest in at this point because I think they see that streaming for them is too much to handle. You've already got one streaming service that supposedly isn't doing well. Now you're going to add another one and have to argue your own cable packages because they have Hulu Plus Live TV, which is what we currently have because of the bundle. And I said to you at the time, I found it very interesting that they kept saying uh, the bundle pack was Hulu and Disney Plus, never a mention of ESPN. Why? Because they're selling it along with the sports book. All of this just comes together, but I'm a Swifty, um, I guess. You're missing the point with the Swifties. She purposely drops clues for them to piece together. But no, you can't keep saying that because the operative thing is critical thinking. People need to think critically. It shouldn't take Taylor Swift to get us to do that. Yes, but just because you're a Swifty doesn't make you a super sleuth. If you can see through the, the, the clouds and the smoke it's, and the BS. It's two different things. She's brilliant. She's doing this on purpose. She is a mastermind. She is doing what is needed right now to make people think about what is being fed to them. She's a business in and of herself as well. She is. She's brilliant. You know what I realized? Uh, the volcano hasn't gone off all night. Not that I'm changing the subject, but I've been facing this way and I was like, oh, huh, I haven't got that radiation blasted at me well, perhaps, at all tonight. Perhaps the volcano is off in tribute of our very lost dear friend, oh, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about that. Eventually. I have a couple of trips to Margaritaville coming up that I think I'll be talking about on the next Dockside chat, perhaps. I've not been, I've not been well. No. I've not been well, but let's move off of this. Um, the point in all of this is... Think critically and do not buy what is being fed to you and on TikTok or anywhere. And then this is my point. Disney's saying there's no truth to it, but you're openly selling these things. Yeah. My guess is that there is smoke where there's fire. My guess is that by year's end, if even that long, we're going to know something. I think that we are nearing the end of ABC and Freeform and that all falling under the Walt Disney Family Company. I, I think that we are nearing the end of that. I think we are nearing the end of ESPN. However, uh, I do think that they will sell ABC easier than they're going to sell ESPN. Um... I would agree with that. If anything, it wouldn't surprise me if ESPN was being dissolved completely. Um, yeah, Hulu, I don't really know, though. That could go either way. I, I don't think that there was ever intent to sell it because you're casting the net wide with how many different properties you can get on there, which are under the Disney banner, but you can still have things like the Kardashians, and you can have some horror movies and you can have things that you can't put on Disney Plus even though 
Disney Plus is merging Hulu into one app, supposedly, and you can pull up any of these series. They're all, like, melded in. With now we're starting to see the ESPN titles, or the 30 for 30s, are popping up in Disney Plus. And that's fine, but you should have to go into the ESPN tab. You should not open the home page and see some of these more adult things. Uh, like, I don't care what the parental settings are. It's not going to filter everything out that you want filtered. Um, and I think the Kardashians are a horrible example to put in front of children. Honestly, I will admit I do watch them because I work in reality television. And they have had the most staying power out of any franchise that we've ever seen. I do watch them for... Not for great storylines, because now since they've become executive producers on their own show, it's just terrible. But I do watch them because they really do set the industry standard. But there were things from this past season where I went, oh my gosh, children can access this. Like, for example, Kourtney Kardashian Barker was trying to get pregnant, and they had some uh, very new-agey methods of what she could do to Travis to get what she needs to conceive the baby and I was like you should not kids should not just be able to pull this up so anyway it's a whole other story but we were told that Hulu and Disney were going to be on one app by the end of the year that could all change I think anything that we knew from the beginning of the year the, the strike is going to affect so much whatever was in place already I think is going to be completely changed by the end of the year Let's speaking of changes. Let's speaking of changes. Let's talk about the Destination D23 event that wrapped up just a few days ago here at Walt Disney World. Here's what I I want to start with. For those complaining, oh we didn't get anything. Oh they didn't say that much. I mean they still gave us some concrete things. What I don't like is the way that we are taking to TikTok and just trashing everything. This is like first world problems, people. Put it in perspective. So what I don't want to do is sit here and complain about it. However, the other end of it is that you and I have not renewed our D23 membership this year just because we didn't feel the need to to do so with, well, I mean, first of all, how much are we going to do, right? We have the APs. We can go to the parks on weekends. The reality of us being able to get to any, any of these events was very slim. So financially, it just didn't really make sense. But the other thing is there's no exclusivity anymore. Once Correct. D23 started inviting all these influencers, I was like, what's the point? Because they're going to sit there in the first couple of rows of these events, broadcast it or report on it or whatever, and they're going to take seats of the people that are paying. So we just didn't feel like it made sense anymore. But boy, am I glad that we didn't buy into it. Boy, am I glad that we didn't get tickets to this event. Because yeah. then I would have been disappointed. Because I don't even think it's that they're holding until the bigger expo in California. I think they just don't know which end is up at this point. I as far agree. as their budget. Um, and that's what we're seeing. So I wouldn't have minded if this felt a little thin and all they talked about was refurbs. But what I do have an issue with 
is them announcing things and then saying maybe or flat out rescinding it after the fact. But yeah. we're gonna go through one by one. Uh, we watched the stream and Sean wrote everything in order that it was announced. So we're gonna hit on every single thing one by one. Starting with the first visual of the Hatbox Ghost. We knew it was coming. We know what the Hatbox Ghost looks like. Um, and they basically just confirmed that he is one of the 999 Happy Haunts. And you're going to see him first before anybody else. Yes, because the big issue is that you don't see the spirits until you pass through Leota's incantation, but they were going to have him out before then. And they did hit on that because... To their credit, they were paying attention to the fans' uproar, um, and they did say that their their workaround is that because he's been there for so long, or because he's got so much power, he can free roam where the other ones can't. I don't love that. I think we're disrespecting Leota, but this is not the worst thing. To me, because they had the Muppets as like co-hosts for this entire thing, uh, which, by the way, there was the most egregious shot when they brought awful. out Kermit and Piggy and just broke, not the fourth wall, they just broke everything. I was like, can we position them behind something? Can we not see the, the Muppeteers underneath them there? In there, in, in computer chairs, awful. wheeling themselves out on stage. Awful. But because there was so much brouhaha with the Muppets, I really thought what they were announcing was a Muppets overlay for us, piggybacking on the popularity of Muppets Haunted Mansion. Um, and I thought, you know, if California gets Haunted Mansion Holiday, can't we get the Muppets? But that was my first disappointment of the evening. We got a multiversal vehicle for the Avenger Avengers attraction that's coming to Disney's California Adventure. Again, this is where people are complaining about it. To me, at least, you know, step in the right direction here. Avengers Campus has been open for quite a while already. It was promised that we were getting two attractions. And funny enough, they just kind of opened it. Like, we knew it was coming. You heard nothing about it. And then it was like, all right, we're open. But it does only have the one attraction in addition to all of the character meets and the eateries. So at least we're making progress there. Yeah, I mean, putting out a ride vehicle, to me, you could have just as easily done that in a social media post, but they obviously had a very thin expo, right? This is why we didn't get tickets to the expo this year. Um, they announced a change to the Country Bear Jamboree, and initially I was ready to throw my phone over the fence, this but I came down off the ledge. was very polarizing, because... I don't think that people are going to appreciate it the way we do because I feel like a lot of people didn't catch who's doing the music. Um, but before we before we get into that, um, this should have been a surprise to no one because if you listen to the music, you know, last time we went to the Country Bears, we've watched videos of it and going. Did they say? Did they? What? What did they just say? And then we went because we were like, this attraction is not going to be around for much longer. So I don't understand why people are complaining because it's not like we're losing them all together. Would you rather them just take away the show and put up 
the umpteenth Moana thing into the parks. I think this is actually a fair compromise. My issue with it is that you've already infiltrated Epcot with Disney songs. And I I don't... I, I understand why you want the characters in Epcot, but something that made Epcot unique was that it's not the Magic Kingdom. It's not MGM Studios. Um... It's not even Disney Springs, you know. I mean, we're, we're listening to a, a remix of Be Our Guest right now. It's, it's not those things. Um, the Country Bears, they're a staple for both parks. Um, is the show outdated? Yes. Is it offensive? I don't think so. Um, I, I don't think that we need to keep jamming the same songs that you're going to hear in a parade and in a fireworks show at Magic Kingdom into the Country Bears. That's the only gripe that I have is we don't need more Disney songs in that show because that show is unique on its own. If they did it to the Enchanted Tiki Room, people would burn the thing to the ground because they'd be so upset. There, there's just there's a time and a place where we need to hear how far I'll go and any other handful of Disney songs. I love You've Got a Friend in Me. I don't need to hear it at the Country Bears. And I'm not saying that that's going to be there, but you see what I'm saying as, as, a, as an example. Right, because you're going to go to the show and then you're going to step out and watch Happily Ever After and you're going to hear all hear these songs again. again. Yeah. And then they're going to play it on the bus on the way back to the yeah. resort. You know, like, there there is there is nothing wrong with a little unique entertainment. No, I agree with you, and that's what the Epcot purists love so much about it, is like, you know, One Little Spark was its own song. It was something you could only get from going to Epcot. People loved Captain EO. There were just all of these unique things. So, I totally get that, and it would have been nice to have this IP with its own original music, but with that being said... I don't hate the Barities. I think they're going to be very funny to hear the Bears parody songs. Um, you can see, because they released a poster, so you can see uh, where the changes are. From what I can tell, there, there was the one confirmed in the video that we saw, which we are going to talk about. The only other thing I think we can safely assume is that... Um, we're going to get a whole new world duet because they had uh, two of the bears partnered up and they had like the peacock feathers in their hair and that sort of was in line with Jasmine's, um, her, her color palette and what we've seen in Aladdin. So I think we can safely assume we're getting a whole new world, but we know confirmed we're getting bear necessities. And to me, that writes itself. Yeah. Um, so I thought that might have sort of softened the blow for you because that is one of your favorite songs. But more importantly is who they got to do this music. Yes. Um, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, uh, didn't do all that well the other day uh, or for the last few days following the passing of uh, Jimmy Buffett. And uh, there was a... Um, there was a level of uh, comfort 
that that came when we watched the stream, and it was unveiled that Mac McAnally uh, is has been brought on and is going to be performing some of these new songs. Um, you know, people know Mac as being a member of the Coral Reefers. He was Jimmy's partner in crime for over 30 years. They wrote a lot of great music together. So uh, it was it was for me having the worlds collide was something that in that moment was very comforting. Um, and Mac McAnally is an incredible talent. And like now a few days removed from it, like I'm excited for it to hear Mac. But Mac is such a talented songwriter that I kind of go back to this. Well, why didn't you hire Mac and a handful of other Nashville musicians to rewrite the show and give you five Do new songs yeah. instead mm-hmm. of just re-recording these Disney songs. I mean, look, it, the show's going to be great. I, I do believe it's going to be great. However, I do believe, as excited as I am, I do fear that there is going to be a little bit of fatigue. That you're going to hear the same ten songs every time you walk into a park. You're going to hear Let It Go. You're going to hear How Far I'll Go. You're going to hear We Don't Talk About Bruno. I was going to say, it's going to be We Don't Talk About Buford. It, it's, it's going to be something. And I... I think that you said it before we love Figment people love Captain EO there's a reason why those attractions kitchen cabaret there's a reason why they transcend time there's a reason why people are nostalgic for them and that's because you will never see attractions like that again because Disney's not going to make an attraction like that for a park they're going to get Bruno they're going to get Moana they're going to get Elsa and they're going to force feed you more of that. I, I understand it to an extent. Going back to talking about a business, I understand it. But that's what makes an attraction like the Country Bears so special. It, it's what makes Figment so special. They are so unique to a Disney park. And the, we're getting farther and farther removed yeah. from those kinds of attractions. And I wish that we could stay true to some of that. Um, it's not the world that we live in anymore. And and I, I get it. And so I think the show is going to be great. And I'm, I'm excited with who they hired, obviously. Um, but I do wish that they were just writing some new songs, new material to update the show. But bigger picture, I'm just glad that we are not losing the Country Bears altogether. Yes. Uh, Something else that they announced is a Pirates of the Caribbean lounge. Coming to the Tortuga I'm Never Open Tavern and we've been (laughs) saying for years it made no sense that that space was only ever open for like your gingerbread cookie. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, it's only really ever open during parties, so I am so glad and they're bringing the Barker Bird back. Yes. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, and Tortuga Tavern is long overdue. I want to know, though, because it's the rum we want, are they going to serve beverages there? I, I think they're going to have to. I feel like if you're going to bother to do this theming, you have to. And I'm fine if it has to be an eatery where you have to sit there with it. I am not suggesting we are allowed to carry alcohol around Magic Kingdom. I, I like that they only serve it in the restaurants. I truly believe that that is integrity that they should keep. Agreed. So, I'm totally fine. I just want to know, can I get, like, 
a rum drink with some nachos there. My guess if is I that if I sit there and don't carry it about with me, they're they're not doing this to open a hamburger stand. They're going to do this, and I I think you're going to see a a cross between a baseline tap house meets a skipper canteen. Mm. And I do not believe that you will be allowed to take food to go. I think you're going to have cocktails. Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of themed cocktails. I think you'll probably have actors moving about. Um, I think it's going to be tapas-style bar food. That's what I believe it's going to be. And I'm excited for it. I am, too. No, I think this is long overdue. I think it's smart to use the space they have. We've talked about budget cuts and budget cuts, so now it's you can spend a little to make a lot here because you already have it. You already have the theming. You really don't have to do much. It shares a kitchen with Pecos Bill. So really, what do you have to add here other than staffing? Not much. This makes sense. Like to me, that is an upgrade. Another upgrade is that we're going to, we're going to start losing construction walls in Epcot. Hallelujah. God. World Celebration is going to be opening in December. We don't have an exact date yet. But World Celebration will be opening in December. I'm just excited to get some walkways back and get the construction walls down. And I would like to sit and take the picture with Walt sitting and looking at not construction walls. Yes. Um, in conjunction with that, we also know that uh, Moana, the attraction there, the Journey of Water, uh, is going to be opening on October the 16th. Yes, so we've gotten cast member previews. We are currently in AP previews, which you and I are probably not going to do just because scheduling-wise it's not going to work out, but also, like, we just don't love Moana enough to go see it. But what I am hearing, what I am excited about is from uh, some videos I've seen of people who went with cast member friends. And we have a few friends that have gone, by the way. Yes. Uh, well, that's kind of a mixed bag. But I'm hearing it is a return to old school Epcot, and it feels like that edutainment. We'll see. I I don't know about that. To me, I I'm just gonna be happy if it feels like it's more than a splash pad. Um, but yeah, bigger picture, I'm just excited to lose the construction wall. So we'll see. We'll get there. Probably not by the next dockside chat, but. We'll, we'll go eventually. But there's just no rush because we don't love Moana. But I am excited to see what the Imagineers did. Luminous, the Symphony of Us is going to be the new nighttime spectacular coming to Epcot. Um, it'll be a mix of fireworks, projections, music, lights, lasers, and that's going to be opening on December the 5th. So it sounds like Reflections of Earth meets Harmonious. Which is fine. Yeah. Because, I mean, we can tell you from having been there, uh, the lagoon is still not clear. Uh, I mean, they got the tacos out of there, but there are still very much barges in the lagoon. And I believe they're going to be there permanently. I was going to say, I think so too. Because at first we couldn't tell whether they were coming or going, but I think that they took like half of Harmonious out and there's still like the base there. I mean... They definitely, they took some water out. Like, you can tell they're working on it because those levels were low. Like, you could see in Japan all the rock. Like, it was so shallow. Like, you could tell they drained it a little bit. So, 
they're they're working. They're definitely working. Uh, but I'm glad that we get to hold on to Epcot forever just a little bit longer because nothing makes me happier than hearing veggie fruit fruit. Test Track is getting another retheme. This was a surprise. It was because they just rethemed it a couple of years ago. Um, and they said that this retheme will have a world of motion influence. Um, I'm excited about that because Same. world of motion um, is that classic Epcot experience from the original Epcot Center days. Uh, it was in that building before Test Track was there. In fact, I'll go ahead and say this now. When Monorail Radio, when we were kicking around the idea, one of yeah. the, one of the yeah. names that I had pitched before we landed on Monorail Radio was World of Motion Picture. Um, as, as a tribute to the classic attraction, tribute to classic Walt Disney World, and also, you know, what, what the root of our program and our conversations are. So I'm very interested to see it. Um, I'll be intrigued to see its execution. Um, I don't know exactly, they haven't said when they're going to close the attraction or how long it's going to be down for. Um... For those who experience the world of motion, I, I don't know exactly how Tron Track, which is what a lot of people have called it now, exactly fits with the world of motion, but I do have faith in the Imagineers. If you're going to do it, do it right. I believe that they will, and I am excited to see that somebody is listening Um there seems to be a bit of a shift with Epcot, like you just alluded to with Moana, and now this news, um, that perhaps there is a shift in focus in restoring Epcot to what made Epcot so special. Yeah. Um, again, I thought this was an interesting choice. I wasn't expecting a test track refurb at all. Because to me, I was kind of like, this is where you're choosing to spend the money when there are things that were promised before the pandemic that we're probably never going to see come to fruition. There are projects that have been quote-unquote completed where we never got to see everything. Looking at you, Galaxy's Edge. So I was kind of like, can we finish something before we go and refurb something else? However, what we do have to keep in mind with Test Track is that they are still sponsored by Chevrolet. So Chevrolet is probably putting up the majority of this money. And, you know, if if they wanted to do a refurb, who's going to stop them? You right. know, but I am excited to see that old and new come back together. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for this one. Some Disney Cruise Line news. Uh, in addition to the Disney Treasure, we also have three new ships coming to the fleet, including the Disney Adventure. That was a surprise, too. That was very much a surprise, because they That's made a such lot. a big deal about the virtual unveiling of the of the treasure that this seemingly came out of nowhere. So that was a surprise. Um, and we have a new island experience. It's going to be Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point. They did announce Lighthouse Point a while ago. That w That's going to be Disney's new island, so you have Castaway Key, and now you'll have Light Lighthouse Point. Um... That I didn't feel like was such a big announcement because they have talked about that for a while. They revealed it. They revealed the artwork. Um, this is where I said before, 
this is kind of a fluff piece. I think they were filling a little bit of time. But, I mean, three more cruise ships, that is a lot. That I was not expecting. So that's, that's exciting, too, to consider, you know, how many new destinations they're going to add and how many different itineraries they're going to have. Yeah, I think the remainder of the uh, announcements, for the most part, kind of fluffy. Um, starting with Beyond Big Thunder, um, the Sky Blue Projects. Blue Sky Projects? Blue Sky, yeah. Um, I personally don't get that excited over these because they're lovely ideas, but we need to see them executed. Um, call me a little jaded after the very action-packed D23 Expo that led to the mess that is Epcot right now. At least they're heading towards the completion there. Um, they're saying that this is going to be bigger than New Fantasyland. But more on that later. I appreciate the fact that they're going to invest a lot of time and money into the Magic Kingdom. Not that it needs it. Um... And as we were watching the feed, I said, okay, so they're not going to tell us anything today because they're going to save it for the next D23 Expo, which is exactly what they're more or less doing because D23 is now D23, the ultimate fan event, and it's going to bleed into Disneyland Resort next year in 2024. That's where I think we're going to get some more concrete explanations. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the fact that they made such a big deal about this. I wish that we could have gotten something other than, hey, remember that thing we talked about? Good. Yeah, we didn't On to forget. the next thing. And, you know, that's, that's really the most we can say about it. Here's the thing. Because I see both sides of it. I do. First of all, I don't think that they have any definitive plans for that area yet. I think that depending on what happens with the strike, depending on what happens with Disney Plus, I think that they have maybe two or three ideas in mind for that area. And whatever the budget is, at such time when they want to break ground on it, that's the project that they're going to roll with. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there are two or three ideas at play and then one of them is going to get greenlit depending on how much money they have. So with that in mind, the other side of it is you don't owe us anything. You're a business. You can keep the cards close to the vest. You don't have to tell us anything. So why dangle the carrot in front of us? I mean, I know you want people talking about it. I know you want people speculating. Um, but I would have been just fine if they hadn't mentioned anything at all. Instead of just being like, well, yeah, we're working on it. Like, we, we, me, know, we know that you are. Yeah. So I would have rather seen, hey, here's the reveal. Because th the other thing is, what I don't like, it's not our job to be Imagineers for you. Because between what you're putting into AI to do and what you're putting on us, I mean, I appreciate that they are listening on some level to the fans, but you survey everything so heavily. You yeah. have panels of people who get together and discuss the futures of the parks and you include the fans in that conversation, that should be enough. It shouldn't be, let's dangle this carrot and see what the uproar is on TikTok over it. Yeah. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to have a few louder, bigger accounts 
dictating what happens with that area when they should not be representing a majority. I agree. And, and I think that, you know, to, to go and have an expo on what-if maybes and will-sees, you know, just if you're not going to give us anything... I'd prefer you not even do the event. Right, because even before the pandemic, we had said they keep announcing things, and they're not, these are two, three, four years away. I would rather them keep the cards close to the vest and have things further along. What you'll notice about a company like Universal, whose APs we're not canceling, mm. and that's coming from me, so put that in perspective. Okay. Um, you got butt hurt because they took away the ride from your favorite movie that was at the time... A little bit dated. I mean, I will argue that Back to the Future is timeless. However, it phased out. Times have changed. They yeah. have a whole land there. Michael J. Fox didn't sit there and lie to you. This is different. You've, you've not listened to one thing I've told you in 15 years about my issues with Universal Studios. But you latch to the one thing and you go with it. Um, <laughs> to their credit, when they announce something, it's because they're breaking ground on it next week. They don't... Yeah. They don't float... Wouldn't it be cool if... By you. Yeah. They announce something, and they get it done in a year. They're going to open a park, an entire third property, in the time it took Disney to build a roller coaster they've already built once before. Okay? And I don't want to hear about a pandemic. We're, we're, we're tired of it. Move on. That has now become a convenient excuse for a lot of people and a lot of things. I want to get excited over some of this stuff, but you, un, until such time that you start making good on a lot of the things that you promised, this is where we chose not to buy. We could have gotten tickets to this event. We opted not to because we said, what are they going to do? Confirm things they've already told us? And for the most part, that's really what they did. I mean, I'm glad that things are moving forward. Um... And I, I do believe that I do believe that we're starting to head in the right direction, and I think the parks are going to be better off for it. But you saying uh, we're going to do an expansion, not going to open for five years, but we're going to do it. Wait, you already told us that last year. You bringing it up again is not. You, it doesn't. I would have rather them leave. Here's my thing: leave that, leave that stuff out. Yeah. And just come to us with. Here's a ride vehicle. Again, you could have done this on a Instagram video, but whatever. Uh, hey, here's the Country Bears. Here's this other thing that's coming to Dino Land, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, and then we're going to backpedal on it three hours later. But we'll talk about it. You just give us concrete. Don't give us blue sky, sky blue, whatever it's called. Maybe, I don't know, we'll see. What if, what if survey and an Instagram and... No, no influencers just... Make a decision, tell us when it's coming, and break ground on it. Right. That's kind of my thing. No, because you and I have been saying that too. They either need a fifth park or they need to expand the footprint. Because we did, we mentioned that, I think it was two Dockside Chats ago, that the hotels have gone up. They've been adding buildings to the hotels, but you are still putting more people in the same footprint that you had since the 80s. And... It feels crowded. So, like, we know you need to do this. You don't have to tell us that something's coming for that area because we know you need it and we know you have it. Yes. Um, so, one thing that we can rule out, I think, yes. with the 
Beyond Big Thunder expansion is at least one land that we thought it could become. More on that in a moment, because what they did confirm to us is that Zootopia, hot button conversation by the way, Zootopia is taking the place of it's tough to be a bug. How do you feel about that? Um, well, admittedly, I was listening and I wasn't looking at the screen when they announced this. I totally misunderstood. I thought this was going to be a projection show. And I went, that's kind of a disservice to Zootopia when they're getting an entire land in another part. I mean, I knew they weren't going to give us an entire land. I know that Blue Sky Project at the last D23, they had said it might be like a hybrid Zootopia Moana thing. I'm glad we're not getting that. Agreed. But I was kind of like, I don't want to see Zootopia reduced to the tree of life in a projection show when you've already got the animal carvings in there. Um, this is kind of bittersweet because I know it's tough to be a bug. It's very polarizing. You either love it or hate it. You, you hate getting the stinger at the end of it, you hate being in complete darkness, you hate the bees, you hate the creepy crawlies at the end. I've always enjoyed the show, I always thought it was really clever. What I don't like about this is that they keep killing attractions that are associated with this movie, because that's the last man standing. Yeah. They took away uh, the section in California yes, adventure. Yes, Bugs um, Land. Thank you, I couldn't think of it. And that was so obvious. Um, so now... Other than seeing um, Flick and Dot on, like, certain... Like, I think they come out for Run Disney events. Yeah. But those are, like, special characters. You don't see them. So I feel like it is a little bit of a disservice to It's Tough to Be a Bug. I hope you have more character meets so this movie doesn't, like, die completely. Um, what I don't like, though, is based on what we see, and I don't want to base my opinion off of the little sample size that we've seen. It looks like a projection show inside. Like, are you telling me we're not getting animatronics? No, we're getting an animatronic. We are. Okay. We're getting at least one. They said that we're getting at least one because somebody's going to replace Hopper. Have to, right? Yeah. Um, but to me, I just feel like you're cramming. A movie that is so bad. I mean, when we reviewed Zootopia, um, and now that I'm thinking about it, we should we should email Andrew Ford and see what he thinks since he worked on that movie because I'm really curious. Um, we talked about how incredible the world building was, and we watched the Zootopia shorts that spoofed all these different television genres. They were very thought it was good. So brilliant. There is such a rich tapestry in the world that they built. To cram it all in that little space, I feel like you're doing a disservice to what is such a great movie and such a great franchise. I think what they're doing uh, and making it a whole land, I think that's appropriate. So here it does just feel like you're kind of shoving 10 pounds of stuff in a 5-pound bag. Yeah. Um, to me, you're just replacing a screen show with a screen show. Um... I'm glad Zootopia is getting its representation. It, it should exactly, have an attraction. Yeah. Just not this one. <laughs> no, especially because, you know, it's tough to be a bug to Animal Kingdom is what a Jungle Cruise or a Pirates of the Caribbean or a Carousel of Progress is to, to the Magic Kingdom. You know, so it's like you've got something that's an OG attraction... To me, those are ones that you... Uh, 
you kind of hold them near and dear to your heart because it's in it's in the visual weenie of the park. This isn't just like any old attraction. This is the one that was the centerpiece of the park when it opened in 1998, I believe the year was, right? So it's like, man, if you're going to do it, I feel like you've got to gut the theater, put in more animatronics. Just don't don't put in one animatronic and change the movie. You know, if you're going to do it, I, I say you gut it and you do it right. Or, uh, this is only just dawning on me now, because what I don't want to see is less animatronics. I mean, you have the Navi River Journey, you have one of the best animatronics they've ever done. That's all practical. It doesn't feel like screens. Flight of Passage, all screens. Uh, the Safari, okay. Obviously, no video there. Festival of the Lion King, no video. Everest, um, okay. It's a coaster, but you have an animatronic that doesn't animate anymore. Um, so to me, I just don't want this reduced to video screens. What you could and should do with Zootopia that would be so cool, instead of having the flotillas, and no disrespect because I do love seeing all the characters come around, how cool would it be if you had a boat ride that goes around the kingdom and goes through all the different lands of Zootopia, and you put them like along the shores of the, of the river? Could do something like that. You know, you, you you could. That could be your Beyond Big Thunder expansion and do a Zootopia land. I mean, like. I don't think that's going to be it, though, because they said it's going to be bigger than Fantasyland and you've already created this world at another park. So how can you. How can you say it's going to be bigger? Like, it's. I don't think it's going to be Zootopia. I don't think it's going to be Arendelle. No, I, I'm hoping that they make good and do the villains section. Yeah. But, um, what we know it's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be anything that encompasses Encanto, which had been a rumor, because uh, Dino Land has gone the way of the dinosaur, which is the worst kept secret in the world because they have not so secretly been closing things and, and removing attractions. Um, but Dino Land is now going to be uh, the tropical Americas, South America as well. Um, and they teased Indiana Jones, which makes sense because uh, Dinosaur is Indiana Jones, and they teased Encanto, and then released concept art that had an Aztec temple, a Mayan temple, so you go, okay, there's Indy, right? And then they... The casita. And the casita. And then hours later go, well, these are just ideas. These are just concepts. So you, you teased it with your band on your show and did the, oh, guys, what are you doing? Yeah, Josh Tomorrow, what are you doing? Don't you do don't that. They talk about Bruno. And they played the Indiana Jones theme. Right. Four hours later, you're already, well, it's an idea. That's an idea. Like, you've kind of... So you did it to get people to talk about it? So either, either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Don't don't tease it. Sit there and go, <laughs> oops, yeah. and then backpedal on it. That's there was just something about that. And you know what? It, and, and really, what it does is go back to what I said before about I really want to be excited, and I'm excited that they're going to put money into the parks and that they're going to expand certain things, and that we are getting certain updates. Some I agree with, some I don't think we necessarily need. But you know, you can argue. That's an argument that you're going to have every day over every attraction. But the point is, you want to get me excited? Announce something. 
don't announce something and then immediately go, well, I don't know, maybe not. Here's what I will say. I'm happy that we got confirmation that this is like the next big project they're ready to break ground on because obviously they've torn out Dinoland USA. Um, I, I'm happy that we found out what it's not because there was so much speculation about it being Wakanda and this being our Avengers campus. And as cool as I think that would be, my big thing is that like Wakanda hides in plain sight in Africa. Africa is on the other side of the park. I don't want to see it over here. That's not to say I don't want Wakanda. I do very much, but I want to go through Africa to get there. And this would have broken it up because it's all the way on the other side. So I'm glad that they at least kept the integrity there and didn't just, you know, go with, well, we need an Avengers campus and it's going here because this is where we have room. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the region of the world that they picked. And I appreciate the IPs that they are looking into. Yeah, it makes sense. Because it, yes. And that is something that I've not said in a while. It feels very cohesive. I think Indiana Jones is a given. I mean, we the fans have been pounding the table for this for how long? The track is already there. The vehicles are already there. You've been letting Dinosaur go yeah. completely. Half the stuff doesn't move anymore. Nothing jumps out at you. There was, a, there was a video that I caught the other day on like a reel or a TikTok or something when they had Destiny's Child. This is how old it was. There were four members of Destiny's Child that did the promo for the ride. Like, I remember when NSYNC and uh, the TGIF crew opened Animal Kingdom, but they had Destiny's Child premiere that ride. And, like, so much was jumping out. And they were scared. It's just not like that anymore. It's so stagnant. So that's long overdue for an overhaul. And you can certainly... uh, Indiana Jones would work because... You could also, where all of the restaurants are, those could all be rethemed to his archaeological dig. Yeah. It all works. It all flows. Um, and again, it totally works with the region, especially if you're going to incorporate Encanto. I think they are going to move ahead with both projects. I don't like the way they went about it. And as soon as everybody started catching on to what the band was playing, I mean, it was so obvious that they went ahead and rescinded it within the hour. I think that was a little ridiculous, and it seemed like such a CYA move of like, well, in case this doesn't work out with the budget, everybody drew their own conclusion, but we never said anything. So I don't like that move, but I think that the likelihood of them to move forward with these things is probable because, number one, it all makes sense. Number two, you can do it cheaply because you already have that ride. Number three, it was very well-received with the fans. Here's where I think they're going to do the, ah, I gotcha. They showed the concept art with the casita. They never promised an attraction. What I think would be really cool if they're not going to do, like, a move-through trackless thing, like a ratatouille with it, I think it would make, like, a really cool, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids-esque kids playground where you play in all these different rooms because there's so many different themes like Bruno's got the sand Antonio has all of the animals which hello if you miss the mark with Antonio with animals in Animal Kingdom this is such a gift like you have I mean it's Antonio's gift but like it is a gift as far as the IP you have to lean into that Um, but 
here's the thing. This is what I'm talking about. There's probably a couple of budgets in place, and whatever gets greenlit, they have different tiers of what they can go with. So it could it be an attraction? Yeah, it could be. Could it be a playground for kids? Yeah, it could be. Could it be a restaurant? Yeah, could be if they don't get the top tier budget. And then they can be like, well, we have the casita, and now you have another restaurant. So I think that that's why they're dropping these hints, but they're still not giving anything concrete because they legitimately don't know. They know what they want to do with it. They just don't know what they can do with it. Character dining at the casita would be incredible. Oh, my gosh. That, that would be great. I, see, that I wouldn't be disappointed by. Like, But this is where it's like, be careful, Disney. Do not release that it's going to be an attraction. Do not release concept art because then people will be disappointed with what they didn't get because you showed them. I would be perfectly happy, sight unseen, if that was character dining. Or, or, it's a wild, wild idea. Tell us what it's going to be, and then do it. <laughs> wild concept, right? Well, speaking of um, telling us things, what we didn't talk about yet is uh, who was conveniently not in attendance. Because aside from, I mean, I'm never going to be sorry to see the Muppets. But aside from the fact that uh, it was sort of missing, like what made the last big D23 expo so much fun was that Josh Demaro and Bob Iger were totally feeding off of each other's energy. And that's what made half of these announcements so fun yeah. back in 2019 when they announced all these really big projects before the pandemic. And now, somebody didn't even have the nerve to show their face other than a video to intro the event. I don't care that this is not the traditional D23 Expo. It's not the big one. This was like a watered-down version, and we all knew that. The fact that he did not show his face is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the fact that Bob Iger wasn't there, um, you know, we talked about how Chapek would coincidentally not be around because he knew that it was boo the commissioner time. Um, I mean, look, right now, Disney's got themselves a little bit of a PR uh, bump in the road. Speed bump, right? Um, streamers not doing what they anticipated it would because they hired somebody that obviously didn't know that when people weren't sitting in their house 24 hours a day that they weren't going to be glued to the television set and they trusted that person, but be that I'm as I'm sorry, I don't even find that as a valid excuse because you hit your five-year numbers in your first year, yeah, pandemic they, aside. Yeah, but it was because of the pandemic. Well, yes. And, yeah. and somebody had to have said, hey, we're probably going to see a drop-off when people aren't stranded in their homes all the time yes. putting their kids in front of TV for six ninety nine a month. But you hit your five-year numbers, period. They had to imagine that that number was going to slow down in terms of the growth and that it would eventually start going in the opposite direction. Um, but be that as it may, that's not what happened. Now the writers strike and some very tone-deaf remarks made from somebody that's, you know, making more in a day than I make in a year. Um, and, and, and the hurt for a lot of people because he was... He was the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. He was coming back to save us. And uh, he didn't have it. He didn't have an easy road, you know, uh, in coming back to, to help Disney. But he hasn't 
at the same time done himself a lot of favors. And I think that he has fallen out of favor with a lot of people. Um, I never thought I'd see the day where I would be a harsh critic of Bob Iger. Um, and just a few months after his return, here I sit. Um, uh, it was disheartening to see that he wouldn't be there. Um, we're we're going to have to see. Um, I, I think that, I've said it before, I think what we have right now is Business Bob. And I think that until such time that we have an heir to the throne, a legitimate heir to the throne, I think Business Bob is kind of what we're stuck with. And I think that... I think that the way that people remember Michael Eisner isn't the way that people should remember Michael Eisner. Because they always remember you at the end. Yeah. And I feel that Bob Iger is starting to come down. He's starting to ascend the mountain. Um, But we're interested in knowing what you have to say about all of the Disney news from the Destination D23 event or anything that we've discussed today, you can let us know on X, Instagram, and Facebook at Monoreal Radio, or you can email us monorealradio at gmail.com. Hey, speaking about DMs and emails. Yes. Time to give away a straw charm from our dear friends over at the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. And I didn't get to hear a volcano tonight, so I want to hear a volcano. First person to DM us or email us the word volcano will win a straw charm courtesy of the Hidden Mickey Supply Co. I thought for sure you were going with exorcism. No, I'm going with volcano. (laughs) One more tip of the cap to our dear departed friend, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us on this Dockside Chat. The longest one to date. Thank you for sticking with us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. I gave you all of that social media just now. Uh, We are on threads and TikTok at Monoreal Radio, in addition to the others that we had just mentioned, and for links to everything related to the show. And it's going to be online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. Monoreal Radio.